author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. It's Donald Jeffries here with you. I love that uh, new intro. Thanks uh, to Tony Arterburn. He uh, does so many things for me, and he's got that going too. Sorry we're a little bit late, but I'm having my usual technical difficulties, which should be improving. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll, buy, we'll have them fixed by next week. But uh, sorry about that. If you've been sitting there waiting and wondering, hopefully we'll have a great show for you. Uh, around 5.30, we're going to have uh, Clay Clark, who's a very big name. Uh, they actually contacted me. I'm not sure how they found out about me, but uh, they contacted me and uh, with uh, General Flynn's uh, re uh, to take back America or whatever they call it for, which is uh, take it back or doing that. So again, so hopefully that'll be an interesting discussion. We certainly have a lot to talk about. Uh, this is a obviously a momentous day with the uh, Supreme Court decision, uh, Roe versus Wade, and uh, all of us, especially you know where I am. I'm in the D.C. suburbs, so I'm. Uh, I'm hoping that things don't go crazy in the nation's capital, but um, I don't know. They're, they're, it looks like they're doing everything they can to incite it. I mean, you have AOC out there saying, which is ironic, and they're holding these absurd hearings, you know, for January 6th, calling that an insurrection, and they're basically calling for an insurrection. Uh, I think there are people calling for it to burn the Supreme Court down and uh, night of uh, what are they called? Night of uh, pain or something. They're calling Jane uh, Jane fight back or something and all this stuff, this uh, rhetoric out there certainly seems violent. And again, just juxtapose that against what's happening in these hearings when they are uh, trying to uh, convert what happened to January 6th, where there was none of that rhetoric. I mean, you could, you could you talk about the hanging pen stuff. I'm still trying to figure out who chanted hang pens, exactly what that was about. Uh, I think that had to be a very small group. And I would guess uh, there was probably at least a leader there. Uh, being paid as a government informant. That's what usually happens with this. Um, so it's very, uh, these are kind of scary times because you don't know what, when looking at everything else, they're obviously collapsing the country. We're talking seriously about uh, water shortages. I mean, there's, there's nothing, it's more, I mean, you might as well be in the middle of the Sahara Desert, you know, shoving water. That's the most, what is it they say? I think you can live, I don't know how many days without food. But uh, you can't do that without water. So water is essential. So if you're not stocking up on water, I know I am. I'll stock up on it. You need to do that. I finally got my backup generator in, my solar generator. So that, that's cool. I got that. So uh, I need to be prepared. I mean, I've never been really that much of a prepper because they've been talking about these things for you know, prep the survivalists. They used to call them survivalists, but I probably going back to the 80s. And uh, but I think people even then, you know, realized something was going on. But if the, if the survivors from the 80s could see it now, they'd probably uh, be amazed that uh, things are still halfway standing with all that's going on. But certainly when you're talking about food shortages and water shortages, uh, you have to do something about that. And this uh, I don't know what will happen with Roberts's weight. I, ha I have the sense I don't know if they can get that many women to violently 
protest something? Maybe they can. I don't know. Many, you know there's certainly going to have some government informants out there helping them. Antifa will probably be on the scene. And uh, obviously, government agents are always there, right in the center of these riots. And they're usually the ones that precipitate the violence. History going back to the 60s. But uh, this is, these are scary times because this, this abortion has been an emotional issue for a long, long time. And this is something, uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but I, I, I would guess a, an overwhelming majority of women are outraged to varying degrees by this. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's, it's, going, it's interesting it's happening now. Uh, this just kind of adds, this throws more gasoline on the fire. It's going to cause more division. Obviously, and uh, when I see Tony, say, Tony, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on this? I'm sure you probably have some thoughts. We'll wait for I guess. talked about it earlier today on my show. I, I you know, Don, um, I've been in politics a long time, not as long as you, but uh, I, I didn't think I'd ever be reading that headline that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, no, and again, I think the Supreme Court just reaffirmed something that that already existed, which we knew that the it was a state's issue. And, um, you know, we just have gone along with it for this many years. And finally, I think, you know, some of the grassroots, they hit on something, you know, in the last uh, five years or so, the state started challenging uh, the, uh, the, the ruling, the, uh, started challenging Roe. And instead of us trying to overturn it by, you know, selecting Supreme Court justices, of course, we did get, you know, Trump selected three of them. And uh, I don't again, this is very confusing to me, Don, because I don't think we have a very uh, conservative Supreme Court. So this is very no, odd. To me. No. Uh, you know, they they yeah. even ruled, you know, back in 2020, as you know, they ruled that you could uh, be open if you were a casino, but not if you were a church. So, I mean, this is the Supreme <laughs> yeah. Court that's, that's overturning Roe. Yeah. And, um, you know, right before this, they they ruled on uh, constitutional carry in Maine. And I think this is this is just massive. This is a political earthquakes going on, and I know you know this, um, but the the constitutional number of Supreme Court justices is whatever they want it to be. There is no set number. Nine is not uh, etched in. It's not law. It's not in the Constitution. So I think this could be priming us for a stacked Supreme Court. You know, at, you yeah. know, FDR. That was when he hit the wall. Even the new the yeah. New Deal and all his fame. You know this. It was. Uh, I think it was the last part of his first term. Yeah. He tried to stack the Supreme Court because all the legislation, I had those old holdovers from, you know, the three Republicans. It was Harding, Coolidge, and Hoover, you know, and they had, yeah. you know, a whole decade of Supreme Court nominations by the Republican Party. And he was trying to get, he said, well, we'll just get, we'll just put some more justices on there. And even <laughs> FDR hit the wall on that. But I, we live in a different country now. I mean, we were talking about this uh, yeah. going into the, uh, you know, the end of, uh, of the election in 2020. And I, I think you'll start seeing that pop up again. Like we need a, it, we could just, we'll make it like a jury. It'll be 12, you know, not nine. It'll, they'll make, they'll make some, and we need to have an inclusive Supreme court, something like that. <laughs> uh, but I don't know how much of this is real. Like, you know, the, as far as like the, the security needed for these justice, I, I you know, David Knight seems to think that, uh, that the, the, the leaker of the memo uh, and all the information about the ruling came out from Roberts. You know, he actually mm -hmm. put that out there. Um, but I, maybe the Supreme Court realizes that it, it it faces a losing battle with this. Like it because it's a, if the states start challenging it, then it really becomes a ninth and tenth amendment issue. 
Well, I think no matter how you look at the issue, that uh, they're exactly right. I think Alito said that this it never had much say because the, the problem is the Roe versus Wade decision crossed such a line because it addressed something that isn't remotely addressed in the Constitution. Constitution they couldn't even have comprehended such a thing back then. I mean, maybe such a thing existed. I, I personally, I doubt it. But if it did, it wasn't something the founders would be aware of to the extent, well, we better mention that in there. So they interpreted something that wasn't there. So you can't interpret something that's not there. So that was a really one of the first cases of them at really legislating and creating law, which they're not supposed to do. So that, regardless of what you think of the issue, even if you're pro-choice, you should acknowledge that. And uh, But the problem is it's been ingrained now since, was it 1950? I think it was, it, it, it's a, or not, I mean, not sorry, 1973, I think it was, 72, 73. Yeah. yeah. The Warren Court. Uh, right. The Warren Court, exactly. We know how, we know how upstanding he was with his fine work investigating the Kennedy assassination, right? Uh, a hero of the left. But uh, so a whole generation, two generations probably has grown up now, certainly my generation, baby boomers, uh, the tail end there coming in. I mean, you know, this was something, but it went part and parcel with what was happening then. Promiscuous sex was 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 happening really for the first time openly. I mean, now Hollywood had something like that going on going back to the twenties and the thirties, but the rest of the country, no, this was foreign to them. So it basically opened everything up to that, and it was a transformation of the culture and women is this is such an important issue. This is a top issue. Many people that we know, actually on both sides, I, I've known people in life that were just pro-life voters, and that's all. That was their single issue. They didn't right. really care about anything else. As long as it's pro- and uh, the other side, there's probably way more women, especially. That's their issue. They don't care about anything else. Abortion, and uh, so we've created a, 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 an atmosphere of this, and we see it already with the elections. The way they're contested now, they, both sides are so divided that neither side is going to accept defeat. They're just going to claim it's fake news or it's rigged. And it's, I think it all is rigged. <laughs> They're just going to claim it's rigged against them. And so you can't get anything more absurd than what is happening now where you have people uh, on the left like AOC and Maxine Waters basically calling for insurrection. I, mean, I think Maxine Waters said something like, uh, we don't have to respect that or something like that. What a right. ridiculous quote now, just imagine again if Marjorie Taylor Greene said that. What what would the other side say to that? Marjorie Taylor, well, we don't have to respect the Supreme Court. I mean, Colbert and all their who, by the way, Colbert apparently was an insurrection. Well, you know, we don't have to really speak with the Capitol was breached as well, and uh, that doesn't seem to be upsetting anyone. But uh, we're just so yeah, divided. Um, make make insurrection cool again. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ma- Maxine Waters says, "To hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them." This is the yeah, headline on on Summit News. Just just pick your right winger of choice and just imagine that Mar- you know Marjorie Taylor Greene's the most demonized one. So I guess I'd pick her. But yeah, AOC her. says it's illegitimate, Don. And uh, I've I've seen that they're they're saying they they're going to enact Roe v. Wade into law through the legislature, which is what. It was supposed to do all along. That was you know. right, right. Yeah, that might have been an idea back then. Exactly. That's what you're supposed to do, and they'll be able to do it. So it really is. Uh, and again, that that's the, the the difference between the two sides. You know, you have the the, the woke side is probably going to uh, be able to get what they want done. 
legislatively. And we know the other side, the conservative side, it never happens because of the on Facebook. Uh, the word woman is used in the proper way at last. Thank you, pro choice. <laughs> That's right. That's Laura Rubin, my friend. That's it. We, uh, we tried to have her on uh, my other show, The Knowledge Every Show, and a lightning actually struck the producer's house when she was on. So I don't know what Laura there, but Laura is very fascinating. She was in uh, Andy Warhol's circle back in the 60s. So, and she somehow came to my work, and uh, you know, I said, wow, that's, that's really cool. I'm fascinated by people like that. So thanks for being here, Laura. And I, I, you know, I'm not going to see as many comments. I don't, I don't see as many people here because obviously most people um, – as far outside of Rockfin, which I, I need to get a, a more powerful computer apparently to be able to monitor the, the chat room without things going haywire. So I'll let Tony do that. But uh, YouTube is where I usually I see the comments here. And unfortunately, if you're out there and you were hoping to watch this on YouTube, YouTube, and I'm not, I think my channel's still there. They sent me a confusing message uh, appealed last week or I, I don't know. They're constantly doing stuff to me. See, the last week or the week before where they banned my channel. And I said, so I, I appealed it just for the hell of it on, on free speech. And I just basically said, you know, if you're going to, because it, was, it wasn't medical misinformation like it usually is. This was uh, basically because uh, the, uh, the guest we had last week was this week. Uh, last week, uh, Jenny, uh, Helly, I'm sorry, Helly, whatever. It was, right. um, Jenny's not a real name. I don't know her real name. Helly, that's what she goes by. I mean, she, um, we, we were not really even contesting the election necessarily. We were just mainly talking about what was there and the, the fact that this is being denied all due process. And apparently that was enough to make them ban my channel. But when I protested on that basis, you know, and it's one thing I do well, it's protest. That's the name of the show. Um, they actually uh, said, you won your appeal. So your channel, my channel was back. But then like a day or two later, suddenly they sent me this thing about an old show. I it was, it was, you know, months old, I think. And, um, I don't, even, I don't even know what we were discussing, but it was, uh, they said, you have a strike against you. But in another part, they said, you, we've removed your channel. So I looked at my channel. It's still there. So I don't know. But obviously, they're not letting me live stream. So uh, at any rate, this isn't going out to YouTube. So I guess we can we can say what we want today. And We're going to get you all fixed up, Don. It's a piece at a time. And I, and I hope the audience, uh, if you didn't catch the first part of the show, you can go back. And Don's got a new intro we had produced for him. And I thought, I yeah. think it. it it encapsulates pretty much it gets you started on i protest and uh in order to in order to understand i protest you got to know who donald jeffries is what he's done what he's written you know and uh so i put that in the intro i think i think it turned out pretty well i'm happy with it it did it, it did i'm happy with it that's great tony really appreciate it so and you've got um, some activity over on rockfin too tom cooper's over on uh, he's chatting over in the rockfin chat chris graves uh, riley's over there um Lisa Bellinger, uh, which is oh, protest Lisa. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa's great. Yeah. Courageous. Yeah, if, you, if you can, if you can support Lisa, Lisa's battling. Uh, she's an attorney, whistleblowing attorney in Massachusetts. And, uh, she is battling the, uh, the bar up there in the court system. Uh, and uh, I watched her live hearing earlier this week. It goes back to what they did to her father, an elderly person. And, uh, it's just amazing, and when you look at when you look at things like that, and I, I hear from people, there was a guy in Idaho that was trying to tell me what, what was happening him and his family there. Somebody in um, uh, many, I think Minnesota, all over. There's this what's municipal or local corruption, and it's everywhere. And that's 
I really like to, to, to try to focus on that sometimes because it shows even the, the, how extensive the problem is. That, you know, because if you're having really, uh, when I talked about, uh, uh, wrote about the hidden history, the work of John DeCamp and the Franklin credit scam, well, that, that was all about corruption in um, Nebraska. So if you have this child sex trafficking ring going on in the heartland like that, and it, it, it was, and what they did, I mean, some of those kids died under very mysterious circumstances. Uh, William Colby, the director of the CIA, who was friends with John DeCamp dies in a classical CIA director's way in a mysterious canoeing accident. Uh, very bizarre. I mean, he went out fittingly, I guess. But if, if, if they can do that with... Um, I'm... Uh, oh, my wife had me. Now, that's just an automated message. Sorry about that. <laughs> I think she thought it was from Clay Clark, but it's just my automated message to know that he's supposed to be here at 5.30. But... Um, so if, if that can be happening in, in Omaha, Nebraska, where the chief of police, the publisher of the large, uh, the biggest uh, newspaper in town, local bigwigs, people that are big in Omaha, Nebraska, now Warren Buffett was kind of connected a little bit there because I guess he's from there. But uh, if that can happen there, just imagine what's happening behind the scenes in New York City or L.A., uh, you know, big cities, Chicago and uh, you know, Boston. things. Like so. This is the problem that people, I don't think they want to confront, but if you talk to people that, that have experienced just, you know, local corruption with, uh, with the judges or the police or things like that, where people are targeted and we know that happens. And that, so that's why I think the problem is way more than just, even if we could reform it at the federal level, it, it's seeping down there. Well, I think we still have to, our best chance is to try to get reform from the, the, the bottom up. And I know uh, David Knight has talked about that. I mean, that's that's why I had such high hopes for the school boards. Well, I don't know what's going. I didn't need to check more on because I'm I'm right next to Loudoun County. That's where I work in Virginia, and uh, I haven't heard anything from about the angry parents yet. I, I hope they're still angry. I don't know, but I haven't I haven't seen any of those irate, you know, uh, you know, confrontations at, at school board meetings in a while. So maybe they were successful. I don't know. I have, I've heard very little about it. So I have to try to. I can find a, a group that's out there. If anybody listening is connected with that, I'd, I'd love to interview them. But I haven't been able to find like an organization that I can get a hold of because I'd like to know. You heard anything about the, the school board situation, Tony, that I might have missed? It, no, it, you you look back at the headlines and it kind of fizzled out after Merrick Garland and the, the Fed said that uh, the FBI was labeling them as terrorists. And you started seeing yeah. it dissipate a bit. But I yeah. think it also has a lot to do with the fact that school's out right now. So you know, it'll revamp again oh, in the fall. And uh, I think we'll, we're, this is a, it's not going away. Let's put it that way. Cause the, the teachers and a lot of, there's great people in the teaching profession, but as you know, um, cultural Marxism, leftism, it, it infiltrated everything. It's an operating system for the elites and they're going to use it at their, uh, at their will. And I think, um, you know, more of the drag queen story time and you look at the, what the AG up in Michigan, uh, was saying we need to have drag queen story time everywhere. You know, it's just yeah. And our our friend, our friend, primetime Alex Stein ninety nine. Uh, you know, he had a great confrontation where he, if you if you can look at it, look on his, uh, I think it was his Instagram, uh, maybe his YouTube channel. But he uh, confronted, I think it was in Texas, uh, one of these. And this is, it's probably more incomprehensible to me than than uh, transgender story hour. Uh, to me, that was b bizarre enough. 
But now apparently the new thing is take your kids to bars. Yeah. Where the transgender are dancing. And and like and he asked Alex Stein asked the most logical question in the world because the police were out there protecting the transgenders, naturally. And so he uh he asked them, he said, You know, this is a bar, right? All these kids are under 18. You know, why are you letting it and and they of course they had no answer for it. So way under 18, this isn't like a, you know, a 17 year old with a fake ID. You know, this is maybe a six year old or something that you don't have to ID them. And uh, why are they there? Why are their parents taking them there to what, where did that idea come from that this is that transgenders are, are drag, you know, I think they call them drag there. I, I was never exposed to any kind of drag anything when I was a kid. I mean, I remember, you know, some of the people, it it was a running gag in Hollywood from some like it hot, the movie and things like that, where uh, they were constantly, and I did, I have wondered about that over the years, why that's always such a source for comedy was men dressing up as women from Milton Berle to, to whoever. But uh, it was nothing like that where it was looked on where they really tried to look like women and they, they wanted to dance sexually in front of you. It's just, I don't understand. Very it's just a weird, weird great question. What does it have to do with children? You know, yeah. or from a, if, to be rational, like if you're being a rational, normal person, which I'm right. rational, but I'm not a normal person. So I automatically go to, oh, you, you get something from, there's an energy or something from the kids. Like you need them to accept it. Like you need to groom them. And then in the new phrase, you know, okay, groomer. But that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what what else? What do you really want with these? Kids? What is it about? And uh, it's funny. My friend texted me today about the Roe v. Wade ruling and said, uh, "Well, I guess Moloch's angry now." <laughs> I said, "Well, I mentioned that on the show." <laughs> and but it really is strange. Like you, like all the arguments of the 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 big culture warriors, like what this is going to lead to. You know, you just kind of one thing leads to the next thing, and it's really coming true. Like it, I. Um, I've always been a bit libertarian on these issues, but now you get to the point where I'm like, I, this is just, when you involve the children, uh, you're a scumbag, you know, when you involve the children, when you involve kids and you're taking kids to, to watch and take part in it's something that's, uh, well, it's adult and it's sexual it, it, to me, that's a no go. You're a, uh, you're a degenerate. No, it is. And I'm, I'm just texting, uh, Clay's people cause it's after five 30. You got the stream yard link. But um, and you're, and, you're, that's, and that's the question we all would ask. What do children have to do with this? And if you're so opposed to people saying groomers, what else would you call Why are you that? grooming? Because, <laughs> you're, exactly. Because you're, you, you, I mean, I can, uh, I don't know. I guess, I, I, I don't know. I guess maybe in, in the gay world, they are trying to convert people. I guess, I guess that makes sense. Uh, adults, maybe. But uh, it should be pretty obvious whether you can or can't convert them. But for children, that's just crossing a line. And you, it seems like, again, I think there's a, is that, did I hear another voice? No, it's maybe, just me. Don. Oh, maybe I heard an echo. Okay. Um, if, you know, we, we draw, and that's, I said, you know, before one thing that was, I think I'm the only one commenting on it. Now I'm not advocating that uh, strippers, biologically female strippers should be allowed to come into the schools and dance and, you know, slide down poles or uh, read stories to children. But my guess, and I've said this all along, is that if you had that, there would be outrage. There would be a completely different attitude. Much as if you had, uh, you, you've seen these cross-dressing little boys that are you know, trans, 
where you have uh, them, uh, they've uh, gone into adult strip clubs and stripped. And, and I said, I don't think you would have the same kind of uh, reaction if that was a biological little girl. I, I really, and I don't, I don't know what that means, but it's obvious. Yes, and I, I got a response here. Okay. Uh, yeah, it just really on. begs the question, like what, how, how uh, debased is your soul that you would, you know, a child has one childhood. It has that one time to be innocent and not exactly. think about these complex issues that we talk about and have, you know, have some wonder and have some imagination and you in, inject this disgusting, you know, adulthood problems and uh, all of that, just uh, all the sexualization. It's uh, clearly, you know, I mean, you can go religious with it. You can talk about it on a spiritual level. And I think that I'm, I'm there. I mean, it's, to me, it's a, it's uh, in so many ways, satanic, it's evil. Like you're just robbing these kids of of their innocence and robbing them of 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 their childhood just and that's it. now it's in everything don gus they got the um the buzz lightyear character has a gay kiss and that's bombing around i heard i heard i heard something about it. i mean my, i mean my kids we we all that was my favorite ride at disney world the buzz lightyear ride that was, I, I you know it's just, it's it's and of course love toiture it looked like it's plays like in the house we got clay i'm gonna add him right now don oh what's up guys Good to see you, Clay. Hey, I appreciate you guys. I found the StreamYard in my spam folder. That There it is. And you guys oh. are not the kind of people I need to be putting in the spam folder. I'll tell you that. Appreciate you. <laughs> well, thank you, Clay. Thanks for coming. Clay Clark, uh, I'm, I'm looking over your bio here and have it up. But uh, you're the MC and host of the General Flynn We Are Awake in America tour. Uh, you've got a huge network. You've got all kinds of stuff going out there. My son was so excited when I heard that, uh, when he heard that you were going to be on the show. You've got your own Thrive Time show podcast. You've uh, been number one overall on iTunes business podcast six times. He's a member of the uh, Forbes Business Coach Council, Amazon bestselling author, and again, the host of the Thrive Time show podcast, which hit number one on the iTunes charts. In the category business six times. Throughout his career, he's co-founded and founded several multi-billion dollar businesses, which is uh, more than I've done. So it's wonderful to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Hey. Hey, I appreciate you guys, and don't don't hold the uh, uh, Forbes thing against me. You know, I, this was uh, pre-China uh, controlled Forbes. You know, and so my my background is I run <laughs> successful businesses, and uh, a lot of people hire me to help them grow their companies. And just like you and your listeners, when the COVID nineteen nonsense showed up, I went into research mode, and what I discovered, which which blew my mind, Don, was that I did not, I couldn't believe that America was going to fall for. COVID-19, the Great Reset. I had a copy of this document called the Rockefeller Plan, which was in my hand since shortly after 2010. And I always thought there's no way that Trump's going to allow it to be uh, to happen, the Rockefeller Plan. And I thought maybe, you know, Trump was aware of it. Once I saw Fauci was on stage with Deborah Burks, I'm going, they are literally implementing a certificate of vaccination IDAI strategy. And it's happening. They're, they're doing it. They're using models that are false. Uh, the models that said the 2.2 million Americans would die from COVID, those are falsely calibrated, funded by Bill Gates. The PCR test, the polymerase chain reaction test, those are falsely calibrated, encouraged by Bill Gates. And then the treatments for COVID, budesonide, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, they're being withheld. And the treatments they're giving people, the protocols for COVID-19, remdesivir and midazolam, those kill people. Remdesivir is a drug patented by George Soros in China. And mitozolam is a breath suppressant. So 
I just, you know, was asking God how he could use my talent and uh, time and treasure to help save this nation, just like you guys. And uh, I asked General Flynn if he wanted to do a reopen America uh, event. And uh, I, I knew there would be people wanted to go to it. I, I didn't know that we'd have 7 million people stream the first one and thousands and thousands of people request tickets. And so 50,000 ticket requests came in and 7 million people streamed it. And then General Flynn called and said, uh, you know, hey, what, what do you think about doing another one? And then Eric Trump started calling and here we are doing the Reopen America, the Reawaken <laughs> America tour. And uh, I'm honored to be here with you guys. Well, it's 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 great, and we we obviously need to reawaken or save America, whatever you want to put it. I mean, we're this is things have uh, spiraled downward so quickly, and of course, a lot of that had to do with the COVID, as you mentioned, it decimated business. I'm glad you were able to survive, but God knows how many businesses, small businesses, didn't survive that unconstitutional lockdown, and uh, we, we still don't really even know with the because we can't trust any of these figures, but. Uh, at this point, where does uh, where, when you're looking at what's going on, like right now, we may be in the midst of a. I was talking about this before you came on the show. When you juxtapose what's happening in, in with Washington with these uh, Soviet-style hearings, uh, you know, the January 6th defendants who've denied all due process for over a year, all their constitutional rights violated, civil liberties trampled on. With uh, you have that same side now threatening insurrection over a Supreme Court decision today. How, I mean, at what point did not the people that on the other side see through this kind of hypocrisy? Well, what I would like to do, if I could, is I'd like to just go 90 miles an hour with facts. And then, folks, if you could just uh, everybody grab a pen and a pad and assume I've lost my mind. And, Don, I'll answer that question. But I want to just give a lot of facts that maybe people don't hear except for on shows like yours. Um, so, one, in, in 1971, everyone should write that down. In 1971. So, in 1971. And I sent you this in the private chat, too. But in 1971, America was taken off the gold standard per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger. 1971. In 1971, Henry Kissinger encouraged this man, Klaus Schwab, to start the World Economic Forum. So the World Economic Forum was founded in 1971 per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger, the same Henry Kissinger who told America to get off the gold standard and Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard. In 1971, the book called Rules for Radicals was written, which was taught an, whole, an entire generation how to make emotional arguments to implement unethical, unconstitutional ideas. Rules for Radicals, written in 1971. In 1971, abortion began to, to be, happen at scale in America, a.k.a. the sacrifice of babies. And I'm not, I, I, I'm definitely aware of the Roe versus Wade overturning today, and I'm excited about that. However, the, the, the industrial level abortion or sacrifice of babies to bail began in 1971. In 1971, a comic book, this is going to blow someone's mind, a comic book series written by Jack Kirby was created called Dark Side. Now, this is where it gets a little crazy. Dark Side actually prophesied what we're seeing now, implementing RNA-modifying nanotechnology inside the human body that has the ability to control your thoughts. It's a comic book created in 1971. I'm almost done. The Disney Epcot Center was created in 1971, and people have always said, well, what... What's with the golf ball thing? What's what's the, it's called the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, the Epcot Center. Also in 1971, the Pope finished the creation of this snake building. Okay, folks, you got to look it up. Type in the audience hall Pope Snake Building into Google or DuckDuckGo, thus symbolizing that the Pope, his uh, uh, power was being prostituted. The, the, the power of the pulpit was being taken by somebody other than 
the, 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 the Pope, other than the Christians, other than those who love Jesus. And so all of that began to happen, and they had a 50-year plan, and we are now living through it because this is right now go time. This is the Super Bowl for these Luciferians. Their plan was in the year 2022, okay, to implement a full-scale move into a one-world government. So today, right now, today, folks, I want people to understand this. There's a document. If you go to timetofreeamerica.com, there's a button that says monkeypox there, the monkeypox button. You'll know it's the monkeypox button because it has the face of a monkey. If you click on that, the Nuclear Threat Initiative actually created a document. The Nuclear Threat Initiative was founded by Ted Turner and funded by Bill Gates. And, Don, this organization said that on May 15th of 2022, there would become a there would be a monkeypox outbreak that would crescendo on June 5th of 2022, and it would begin to accelerate. And, and this, this virus would then be like the next big thing. So here we are, June 1st, right on time. The World Health Organization declared there is an outbreak of monkeypox. Now, if you go to DuckDuckGo or Google right now, folks, type in monkeypox climate change. They are saying that the monkeypox virus, the, 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 the soon-to-be emergency, was caused by climate change. <laughs> and they're saying the only way to stop this is with the actual uh, implementation of a 2% tax on everything. And I and I and I, I wish that I was saying high high hyperbolic statements where you go, oh, you just said that because that was interesting and that was funny. But this is Yuval Noah Harari, who is the top advisor for Klaus Schwab. This is him, Yuval Noah Harari. And listen to what he just said during his TED talk five days ago. To prevent the apocalypse, we'll probably need to impose some new taxes. To prevent the apocalypse, we probably need to... Let me play it again. I think somebody probably blacked out there. Listen to this. To prevent the apocalypse, we'll probably need to impose some new taxes. So if you go to timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation, I thought I would just share with you what their plan is. So we're gonna go, I'm going to go to timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation. I'm going there now, timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation. And there's a red button. Uh, where you can explain this entire COVID-19 Great Reset to your friends or family or yourself within seven minutes. I've timed myself. So the COVID-19, the Great Reset, involves three things. Surveillance under the skin. So putting surveillance under the skin. What did I just say? Surveillance under the skin. So you've all know Harari. He sits down to do an interview with New York Times, and they said, what is COVID-19 all about? He said these words. Maybe in a couple of decades when people look back, the thing they will remember from the COVID crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital. And if, this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance started going under the skin. So, okay, so, so so aspect number one of COVID-19, the Great Reset, is surveillance under the skin. Two is it's connecting brains to computers. Now, again, uh, what am I saying? I'm saying at the World Economic Forum, who, by the way, they have a logo, 666, their top advisor, Yuval Noah Harari, who hangs out with this guy, Klaus Schwab, okay, they're implementing what is called COVID-19, the Great Reset. So listen to what Yuval Noah Harari says the COVID-19, the Great Reset involves. Listen to this. Here we go a good two-way communication system, direct communication system between brains and computers, this is kind of uh, the, the watershed moment. Okay, connecting brains to computers. 
And the third is introducing a new religion called dataism. And you might say, oh, come on, are you? No, it's a real thing. They want to wipe Christians off the planet, those who believe in God and free will, and replace it with their new religion called dataism. Listen to this. He's explaining it to a audience of people who actually are excited. You don't have any answer in the Bible what to do when humans are no longer useful to the economy. You need completely new ideologies, completely new religions, and they are likely to emerge from Silicon Valley or from Bangalore and not from uh, uh, the Middle East. And they are likely to, pro to give people visions based on technology. Everything that the old religions promised, uh, happiness and justice and even eternal life, but here on earth with the help of technology and not after death with the help of some supernatural being. Okay, so that's the plan. That's how they want to do it. It's at timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation. And so right now, uh, to do that, they have to destroy the value of money. You've all know Harar, he said, will soon be in a post-money economy. They want to give you points related to your social credit score, no longer having money. So the stock market today uh, just lost $3 trillion in market value. The stock market just lost 3 Retirement savers just lost $3 trillion in stock market retreat. This was reported here uh, just actually 24 hours ago. Um, you're seeing a, or headed to $10 gas, 10% inflation rate, and $10 uh, per gallon gasoline. So $10 gasoline, $10% interest rates, and 10% inflation. Now, again, the actual inflation rate, I mean, the cost of an avocado, the cost of food, the cost of groceries, the cost of lumber and all that is up at least 35% right now, 45%. But they're saying the official inflation rate is 8.6%. But I'm saying we're headed to $10 gas, 10% interest, and 10% inflation. And when that happens, 10, 10, 10, it's over for the U.S. economy. Absolutely. So, well, I, I love the way you have not scared of monkey pack pox in your uh, line, and you're you're very entertaining. You you have a uh, Alex Jones quality about oh you. Maybe you can take over for him some. Day, put him I in filled in for him yesterday, so Alex asked me to oh, fill in. So I, I had oh, the opportunity my. to fill in yesterday. So um, you've got the Alex style. Is a great guy. He's a great guy. Well, yeah, you've you've got the style, and that we need we need that. We need a little entertainment. But there's one thing about Saul Alinsky that you may not know, though. A lot of people didn't know that I found out is that. Do you know who Saul Alinsky dedicated his book to? I'm going to let you take it from here. I don't want to misquote or miss. I, I have read Rules for Radicals years ago just so that I yeah. could get myself educated yeah. with the perverse mindset, but I do not yeah. recall who he dedicated the book to. Probably Satan. Well, he, he, you're almost right. He dedicated it to Lucifer. We said Thank Lucifer, you. he was the first and first radical or something like that. And, uh, you know, just people that are around, I wonder if you think that's a, that's an odd thing for someone to do. And uh, yes, but you're right. And the left certainly has kept up with his uh, his credo, no enemies on the left. And again, I, I started out on the left. I'm an old civil libertarian. You know, I started, and there, there are no civil libertarians. Now, what, what do you, and I, I like the way that the right is, what's the, what, what protection for civil liberties there are they're coming from the right now? Nothing's coming from the left. What do you see, especially when you throw in the Klaus Schwab stuff and you have so many people, lots of my friends are saying this is end times, this is forecasting the Bible, uh, Mark of the Beast and all that. We're living through unprecedented times, but you can't help but think something really momentous is going on. You talk about the 10-10-10 thing, but you look at the country, it's utterly divided. I don't know what will happen if there will be massive riots over Roe versus Wade or whatever, but we've already seen that already and they've imprisoned 
the political opponents, the people that nearly gathered in Washington, D.C. to protest an election. Uh, do you think that, and I, I love the way you're, you're fighting back and, and General Flynn is, but do you, do you sense that, uh, for instance, have you guys, uh, just because you know Flynn was prosecuted once before, along with Manafort and my friend Roger Stone, uh, do you think that there's a chance that they will come after, especially if you have 7 million, you know, the bigger you are, do you think that they, they will declare you domestic parents like they're doing the school parents at school board meetings? Well, I know right now, I mean, the former head of security and strategy for Dominion is suing the tour and myself for uh, propagating claims uh, that are, are defaming him. Now, this is the same Eric Coomer who ran a, a moving vehicle at, during the middle of the day into a parked building while intoxicated, hits the building, scurries away, runs into the building, not that clever, runs in back into the building after parking the truck. Police show up. Are you Eric Coomer? He says, uh, yes. And they go, well, uh, here's the deal. We just saw you run uh, that vehicle into that building. And uh, do, you, do you remember doing that? And he's like, I, I don't recall. So that that Eric <laughs> Coomer is allowed to, to sue me. And it cost me about $3,000 a day oh, in legal fees to, to fight that. And again, if, if anybody out there, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to timetofreeamerica.com. And there's a button we've created right there at timetofreeamerica.com where um, thankfully, you know, we've had, I think $56,000 of donations come in right now to support the lawsuit, uh, 55,000, I'm sorry. So we've had $55,000 come in and, you know, we've had $50 and $25 donations and all that helps a lot, you know, because it, it's just, it's, it, so you, you're seeing lawfare be used against the tour. Uh, most of the speakers, I mean, uh, we have there, president Trump has, uh, seven people very close to him. Some might argue more, but you know, you have Dan Scavino, you have, uh, uh, Peter Navarro, who's by the way, Peter Navarro, you know, has been on the tour and he Peter Navarro got arrested. You have General Flynn, who's had you know subpoenas and all that. You've had a uh, um, Cash Patel. Uh, we've had uh, Eric Trump, a uh, Don Jr. Uh, Eric Trump is constantly they're constantly going after him, you know, legally, these sorts of things. So, you know, I, I what I'm seeing right now, and I, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be biblical. I believe we're living through Matthew chapter 24. And I believe that the fourth industrial Klaus Schwab loves to talk about the fourth industrial revolution, the, the, the fourth industrial revolution. He says it doesn't so much change what you're doing for a living as much as it changes you. If you take the genetic editing, this is this is Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab, you know, uh, this guy, I mean, he's allowed to he's not elected. And he's implementing his entire agenda he's been talking about since 1971 and uh, that's happening, right? He openly brags how he's penetrated the cabinets of other countries. Uh, this is Klaus Schwab. So Klaus Schwab can can do whatever he, he wants while people that want to defend the Constitution are being persecuted. He calls it the fourth industrial revolution. I believe Daniel calls it the fourth kingdom. Uh, Kim Clement, the late great prophet, he said that the Nazis were building the fourth Reich. Klaus Schwab's father was a Nazi. Uh, that that comic book series I told you about, they they call it the fourth world. Uh, so, I mean, I was living through the implementation of, of specifically the book of Daniel, I believe. We're also living through Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18, I believe. Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18. If you don't believe me, folks, read the patent, W02020060606. I know I'm talking fast, but look this up, folks. Look up the patent number, W02020. 
060606. Again, patent number W02020 060606 fulfills Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18. The legislation that would force you to put that technology in your body is HR6666. I can't make that up. HR6666. Look it up, folks, <laughs> in Google. HR6666. Under the direction of Yuval Noah Harari and other godless individuals, Google's changed their logo to now be 666. CERN, the world's largest supercomputer that's trying to open up portals into demonic territories. CERN, uh, who, by the way, is trying to isolate the God particle and open up portals. They had a satanic celebration to open up CERN. Their logo is 666. You have the Build Back Better slogan is 666. You've got uh, the World Economic Forum. Their logo is 666. So we're dealing with Luciferians. And so what I see, Don, is a lot of people who have uh, gone to work, gone to church, gone, to ho- gone home, who are recognizing, what in the world? These people are actually Luciferians. They dedicated their book to actually Lucifer. What? When when the profundity of the demonic becomes clear, you have to pick a side. And that's what the Reawaken America Tour is all about. And so people always say, Don, well, Clay, uh, why are you doing these events if you don't make any income? Listen, I don't take any income or any salary from these events. I let people name their price. And they go, well, how do you get speakers? Because all the speakers, I know them through business and things I've done in the past, and they all say, we know that you let people name their price. You can literally right now, we have 700 tickets left for the Reawakened America Tour in Virginia Beach. You can go to timetofreeamerica.com. You can see you know, Don Jr. and Eric Trump and Lance Wallnow and Dr. Tenpenny and basically everyone who's being sued or subpoenaed or persecuted, Pastor Greg Locke, everybody in the fight. We have 84 confirmed speakers, and you can literally name your price. You go, what? And if you want to just, if you want to text me direct, I'll give you my phone number, folks. You can text me directly and I'll write it on a fancy cup just so we get it. It's, it's 918. My phone number is 918-851. This is the my, my cup phone here. 918-851-0102. That's my number. 918-851-0102. Not sure if it reverses this on camera, but if you'll text that number, that's my number, 918-851-0102. You can request yeah, tickets. And I have a team of people who are all dedicated, who've left their careers and jobs, and they're all motivated. We have people, we have one lady named Annie. Who she moved here from California just to join the tour. And we let you name your prize, and it costs us a half million bucks to put on every event. But you can literally, and you say, well, why are we doing it? Because we've got to wake people up. Don, <laughs> if it wasn't for shows like you, no one would know what's going on. Somebody has to do it. We, we, all, we have that. And, and- I'm I'm uh, emboldened by the fact that you're doing because I know they have tried to demonize all dissent and they have these hearings going on now and I think that one of the reasons people have been kind of sitting even more idly than usual, passively than usual over the last couple of years, is because uh, of what happened to the January sixth defendants. So they see what's happening with them, but they don't want to be thrown into a hole for every year and have nobody out there, you know, civil libertarians, there's not a single civil libertarian with, but me with the platform I have, that's even protesting it. You know, you have some people on the right that are doing it, but this is an outrage and I can easily see how they fear something like what you're doing because, you know, these are Trump's children and, and Dr. Sherry Kenpenny, I, I know her well, she's a friend. Uh, these are, these are people they fear that uh, are you going know- Chad Prather, all these people, I mean, and they're all people that, in my opinion, have chosen to side with God, faith and freedom, prayer and patriotism. They're loyal to the Constitution. And and I think that, you know, in a lot of godless countries, um, you have people in godless countries that, frankly, um, are beaten down by their government. 
and they've never had freedom. And so whenever, you know, a, a tyrannical government shows up, they tend to capitulate because they don't want to die. However, right now, um, you know, we have the Amer I believe there's an American spirit out there. And I believe right now that America has strayed away from God by sacrificing babies to, to bail, by, uh, frankly, not going to church when it rains. A lot of us, you know, we're like, well, it's raining. I probably can't make it to church today because it's raining. I mean, a lot of us have replaced <laughs> church services with NFL games. I'm being serious. A lot of us know about the nefariousness of Disney World, but yet we continue to support it. A lot of us know about the corruption of, of the, the you know the major league sports, but yet we continue to support the NBA, even though they even though the NBA stands with China. A lot of us have continued to watch the NFL, even though the players kneel when the when the flag is raised or the, the national anthem is sang. So we have financially we we have been funding the swamp and defunding the kingdom with our actions. But I encourage everybody, go to timetofreeamerica.com right now, timetofreeamerica.com, and you can get your tickets to the Reawaken America Tour. There's 84 confirmed speakers, and we also stream the event too, so you can watch it right there at timetofreeamerica.com. Okay, that, that was a question if you see it online. Ben, my old friend, uh, ben, uh, Australian Ben, he's from the land down under. He's watching. How, how can I watch the tour online? So what's, what's that link again? It's timetofreeamerica.com. And I'm just telling you, these events, um, what's happening is our, our events, we expose election fraud, medical fraud, religious, election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, monetary fraud, the transhumanism agenda. I mean, it's all of this is exposed. You don't, you don't hear it anywhere else. And it's not because there aren't people willing to talk about it. It's because there isn't um, any event where the math works. Think about this. Think about this, folks. Every time you go to CPAC or an RNC event, who pays for it? Big pharma, yeah, big sponsors, right, right. corporate America. Who pays for my events? I do. Let me tell you a pro tip for losing money. Put on a Reawaken America tour event where you let people name their price. Because, you know, people are paying like $60 for a two-day festival. They're going, how do you make any money, bro? And I said, well, <laughs> in the event that you come to the event and you buy two T-shirts, I might lose $20. $20. And every once in a while, somebody makes a donation or someone buys a VIP ticket. But we don't have time to worry about profits. We have to save our nation. We've got to, we can't worry about financial profits. We've got to be listening to the actual profits. It's time to get involved and engaged. Every single person out there, it's time for some table flipping Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, within the realm of his possibilities. If he were leading the country, he might flip tables. He might get out a whip and chase out those that were buying and selling in the temple. I'm telling you, the time to rise up, to wake up, to get involved was a long time ago. But now it is time for the to, to choose. It's the Great Reawakening versus the Great Reset. I encourage everybody right now, go to timetofreeamerica.com, and I've got three free things I want to give all your listeners right now. Three free things. One, you can download this book right now called The Great Reawakening versus The Great Reset for free. Right now, timetofreeamerica.com. You can download the PDF. Mr. Australia, you can download this for free, timetofreeamerica.com. Uh, you can get it right there. Second is you, if you want to watch the documentary featuring Mike Lindell, General Flynn, all the people on the tour, you can watch the documentary, kind of a behind-the-scenes look about what's going on to save the nation, uh, to save the world, actually. And you can download that for free by going to timetofreeamerica.com. You click on the shopping cart, and boom, you can watch it for free. Third thing, you can go to timetofreeamerica.com, and you can stream the events for free. Or if you want to attend and meet a lot of the speakers and get plugged in, you want to find jobs that don't require the COVID-19 vaccines, you can find jobs that do not require the COVID-19 vaccines at time2freeamerica.com. 
All of this is at timetofreeamerica.com. You want to find jobs that don't require the vaccines? You want to download the book? You want to watch the documentary? You want to come to the tour? Timetofreeamerica.com. Who am I? I'm the least impressive but most aggressive member of the Reawaken America tour. And I, I'm sorry I'm not better, but God called me, and, and here I am. So thank you so much for allowing me to be here with you. I really do appreciate you. Uh, I cannot tell you thank you enough because if it weren't for shows like yours, this message would not be getting out. Well, you know, we're trying to, this is why I tell people, you know, that, and I, I wish Donald Trump and, and uh, some other people on the right would speak out more about the uh, censorship that started with Alex Jones. You know, once that happened, when he was deplatformed, it was a domino effect. I can't tell you how many, there used to be a lot more shows like mine that had, you know, huge audiences and they're gone. Well, right now this show normally my biggest audience, uh, second biggest audience, Rockfin's the biggest, but then YouTube, it streams. And YouTube is constantly banning me and bringing me back. They banned me again this week. So it's not it's not being uh, uh, live streamed across YouTube. And we get, we get a lot more comments and questions if it was. But uh, that's the reality we face now is that these platforms, we can go to BitChute and Rumble and places like that, which we have to do. But they're doing everything they can to stop the world. That's why you're, in, you're talking about your legal fees. They, they fear something that you're doing with these names out there and, and, and touring and talking about the things that are going on, because we're not seeing, is there anybody from uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Maybe is anybody in Congress that's receptive to what you're doing? Cause we're not hearing those strong uh, voices coming out of DC. Marjorie Taylor Greene, her team did reach out to me to see if they could get added to one of the events. And I couldn't do it because we'd already booked out all the speakers. So I know that. Um, I can't comment as far as like, I don't, I don't know if other people have tried to reach out. You know, it's, I, I make myself available. I just gave out my phone number. So if people want to join the tour, they can text me. Um, but that's the only way I would, it would, would know. So if, if you're out there today and you are involved in, in elect, you are an elected official and you want to get involved in the tour, you can go to time to freeamerica.com. But the best way is just text me directly at 918-851-0102, 918-851-0102. Well, you got, you've got a fan out there in Australian Ben. He's saying some great stuff about you, but, uh, so what, what do you foresee like what do you see for foresee is as far as a lot of people think that uh republicans will take back the house and, or maybe the senate too that will no. make a difference I, i'm gonna uh, say this in the closing yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say this in closing uh, and i'm so sorry i have to hop to another thing yeah. i just like my schedule so crazy right now no that's not um, that's is sure. it I'm, I, I, I'm seeing a, a collapse of the dollar based upon just the facts and the plan of the COVID 19 the great reset the collapse of the dollar I'm seeing a collapse of the supply chain, the food chain. I'm seeing a collapse of the average American. Like we're getting to our knees. Yeah. And we're going to say, dear God, that's a good place to start. So I think that's what's going to happen. This is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. We haven't been humbled for, for a long time. And I'm just saying, who am I preaching to? I'm preaching to myself. I mean, I've been finding myself, you know, more this year connecting with God, seeking out answers, getting in the Word of God, getting in the Bible. I, I just encourage everybody tonight as homework: read Matthew chapter twenty-four, and just know that the monkeypox pandemic is underway right now. You're going to see that declared, uh, and, and the way the World Health Organization sees it, they're trying to declare a worldwide health emergency so that they can stop in-person elections. That's the plan. Yeah, they don't even want to give us a chance. Well, I, I appreciate you coming. Give it, give out your website one more time. Yeah, it's time to freeamerica.com. Time to freeamerica.com. Uh, it's time to freeamerica.com. 
And uh, if you want to get tickets, you can just text me at 918-851-0102, 918-851-0102. I greatly do appreciate you, again, for letting me be here on the show with you. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on. Clay Clark, thanks so much. Keep up the great work, and maybe we can take back America. Thanks so much for being with us. Take care, Chief. Bye-bye. You too. Take care. Okay, that was Clay Clark, a uh, very impressive guy. And uh, certainly, I, I wish uh, we all wish we could talk as fast as he does. <laughs> it would have been great in the early t- talkies with the, the snappy dialogue. Uh, well, Tony, when you're listening, if you, you get back, uh, we can open up the phone lines. I hope we have Tony open up the phone lines. And again, I uh, apologize. To you. I know there's people in the chat room that I, but uh, until I get a new laptop or something, even with a faster speed, when I go to the Rockfin chat room and I'm simultaneously having a tab open, obviously for this to do the show it really slows me down to a crawl and that's when I get knocked off. I'm fine. Like right now, if I'm just uh, doing this. So uh, hopefully Tony can throw a few of the questions my way. And usually I have a lot more of you to respond to here, but I can only see Facebook and uh, YouTube here. And uh, Australian Ben is great there, but I, I typically we see a lot of people on YouTube and it's not there today because YouTube. Tony's back. So what, what's the, uh, the number to give out Tony in? Let me uh, plug in the phone lines, Zaga. It's it's 888-770-1776. I'll put it in okay. the uh, the chat cool. here as well. Great. 888-770-1776. We always remember the last four lines. So love to hear from any of you. And I, I know that uh, some people are watching over at Rockfin, like Lisa, and of course, Chris Graves, one of the three searchers. And uh, I got Australian Ben there. So uh, really grateful for all you guys. Uh I understand Clay. Clay is a very busy guy, so uh, it was uh, nice that he uh, took time out. For him. I've been very fortunate. You know, I had Peter McCullough, who uh, fit me in on the last Donald Jeffrey show. So the Donald Jeffrey show is coming back. Never fear. I will probably be here or maybe a new network uh, be announced in the immediate future. So we'll have another show, too. But Peter McCullough was gracious enough to fit me in between Joe Rogan and uh, – Laura Ingram, I think, on Fox News. So I, I, I somehow, you know, if you have the one of those uh, IQ tests where you have these three things, which one of these don't belong? <laughs> Joe Rogan, Don Devries, and Laura Ingram. Um, so I was very flattered that they did that. So again, the number is 888-770-1776. So what, what were your impressions of uh, Clay Clark, Tony? He's, he's certainly an incredible talker. I mean, that that's – he's uh, – Man, I imagine if he went to sales, he would be like a super salesman of the year, no matter what it was. He's uh, He's got the gift of gap. There's no question about that. What were your thoughts, Tony? Did you uh, have any observations about what he was saying? Well, I mean, he he uh, he had a lot of information to uh, to dispel. That's a, I you know I knew about Klaus Schwab, I knew about that timeline, yeah. but he he, uh, he did a good job putting it out. Yeah, he's very. That if, if I imagine most people saw the video, but if you're just listening, he was using you know, <laughs> like Alex Jones would do, putting a face of Claude Schwab up and doing the accent. It's what he reminded me of him a little bit. You know, you that really helps. You know, that gets attention when you have that kind of uh, comedy. That's why Alex Stein is so, I think, so valuable because he uses humor. You know, humor you can do you can make so many points with humor that you can't make. You're just being serious, and uh, it's a partner, Cassidy Campbell, too. If you can go out and, and check out their videos, they're just uh, hilarious because they and they never they're, they're both on YouTube still, 
And the reason why is because they're going out and they're advocating over the top for vaccines and advocating for transgenders. They're, they're, so they can't say they're, you know, I mean, it's obvious it's, you know, they're doing it satire, but uh, the way they do it is very creative and they've managed to avoid uh, the strikes and the bans like us. Uh, so maybe that's what we ought to do. We ought to be, be the comedy team of, of, of Don and Tony and Billy. Yeah, there you go. Just start trying to be, uh, you know, transforming, uh, you know, uh, uh, going for uh, transgenders and saying, you know, this is really, come on, we need more of this. This be required. <laughs> Transgender story hour in every school is a pot, never a chicken in every pot. You know, <laughs> a transgender <laughs> in every school. <laughs> that's the that's my new slogan. That's a winning strategy. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently we get uh, some votes. That's it's, it's just what you wonder when these things. It's like uh, it's just hard to imagine. Even you know, my kids are, are not that old, but uh, you know, so when they were little in the the nineties and early two thousands, uh, it just would be impossible possible to imagine any like mom taking one of their friends to a. a a, a, a bar to see a drag queen stripping or whatever they do there. I just, I, I mean, again, and I, I don't think I would bet that you don't have any mothers anywhere that take their kids to actual strip bars to watch women do it. And not that that's a good thing. It's not, but, uh, but that's, I think it's interesting how it has to be this, this trans thing. They have to twist it into something different. So it's, it's not, that is almost still recognized. And I, I'd like to bring that up if I could talk to some of these people. You, you, you I mean, for like, well, I guess they could, because uh, now they, what they're doing with prostitutes, I don't know if you've noticed it, Tony, but they, uh, the new thing is a, a prostitute is a word they don't use anymore. That's uh, sex workers. Sex worker, yeah. Sex worker. And they're trying to, uh, you know, get, and, you know, say it has value. Well, I guess it does. It's what's the world's second, the world's oldest profession, right? So, <laughs> but, uh, and, I, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit in these things, you know anybody to be or anything like that but uh still you want to keep some of those things where you don't give it the ultimate like same thing like with um the uh what we used to call illegitimate births now you know we, i don't know so I, what they call it now i don't even know they call it out of wedlock i don't even know what they call it but they, you can't say illegitimate anymore but there was a reason that put a stigma and it was unfair to the kid it was uncaring calling them bastards and stuff like that that was that was they they weren't responsible but the stigma kept the numbers down, I think. You've got a and, call. Oh, great. Okay. You're on with Donald Jeffries. Go ahead. Caller, you're on with Donald Jeffries. Go ahead. Oh, I guess we lost him, Don. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully. Try again. Call. It's 888-770-1776. You're welcome to try again. Yeah. It's um, certainly love to hear from you guys, but uh, it's it's just such a bizarre world, and, and you know, we, if you just even look at when Pat Buchanan made that speech at the Republican National Convention in '92 uh, or whatever it was, I think, and uh, the issues he was talking about, I I don't think transgenderism was on the map, and uh, it's it's and I I confess I don't know, uh, I, I that's why I don't make predictions. I don't some of their strategy I can see very clearly, but. This transgender thing, I don't understand because it contradicts feminism. Right. And that's been a, a big tool in their arsenal for a long time. And eventually, at some point, it already kind of has played. 
you're going to have, whether it's the abortion issue or any other aspect of feminism, uh, you're going to have these men that are uh, saying they're women. They're going to this trans community is going and they're already clashing with feminism. Like J.K. Rowling, had found that out. So at some point, and you know, I think you had the Columbia University Transgender Society or whatever, whatever it is there, uh, protested uh, originally when women were talking about, uh, uh, women's groups were talking about a woman's right to choose. So wait a minute, you know, you let, and they called them names and said, you know, you're transphobic because you didn't talk about the, what about all the trans women and their right to choose? And so I'm rooting that on. Tony, to be honest with you, because that's, you know, maybe that's our hope that we can get this infighting and this, this toxicity will, uh, will blow up in their faces because it's, uh, I think toxic feminism, especially is had a very damaging effect on society, but it's, it's incompatible with this transgender stuff because if anybody, and I, I've tried to tell that to a few women, you know, it's like, you know, you realize that uh, you know, you've been a, a feminist, you can say you've been a feminist for decades. So, you know, you're a strong believer in women's rights. You're standing up for women's issues. Well, it doesn't that, how do you not have a problem with some man suddenly saying, well, I'm a woman too, and I'm on equal footing with you. And I have the same concerns. I mean, they have to object to that, right? And some of them do, but it's amazing that a lot of them don't, that they're, they're just perfectly willing to accept this and say trans, right? And you see the young people, especially. I don't know if you saw that video. My son uh, sent it to me. I can't remember what the guy's name was, but he was just, uh, I think it was outside. Um, oh, I can't remember. Some university, but he was uh, just doing an experiment, a thought, ex thought he said, like a, a thinking experiment or something where he was trying to talk about transgenderism and all that. And the, they, they were, people were flipping him off from the top of the roof and screaming at him. And some of them came down. But and this guy was so patient with him, way more patient than most people would be. He was trying to bend over backwards to say, "Okay, what's your, what are you saying?" And uh, you could just see he he did defuse some of them. But see, these people are just crazy. They are just they just spout the thing that's you know that's trans uh, cisgender and gender, all the, the stuff they keep throwing out there that I don't even understand what the language is. But they and they've got it all memorized. It's right there, and it's it's like a new language. Yeah. It, it, new language. Do you think, Don, do you think that the trans movement is really about transhumanism and not about transsexuality, but more about uh, yeah. what the, the plans that the elites have for merging us with machines? Yeah, that, I, th I think that's probably true. I think you're uh, I, I, I was going to go into that when I didn't know he, uh, Clay was going to leave that soon. But I was busy. It's amazing you fit us in. But um I'm amazed, you know, because his people contacted me. I don't know how they possibly know about me because he's he's really a big guy. But uh, so, uh, you're Don honored. Jeffries. You're the author of Hidden History. I mean, <laughs> I must be. You don't know how big you are. I mean, I I, I I always try to tell Don this, like, hey, you know, people know in in the alternative media, people know who Don Jeffries is. Every almost everyone I've ever met in, in alternative media, you know, Don, yeah, Don Jeffries, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. That's that's great to hear, and it's it's uh, it's it, you know, it takes some adjusting. You know, that takes an adjustment to, to get used to that. But uh, it's because you know I was I I earlier today I had an interview, and uh, this has been a big day because you know Clay Clark is a is a big name, and uh, probably maybe at least as big a name. Daniel Estelin uh, had me on uh, his, and again they contacted me, so I guess maybe some people do know who I am. You got uh, to Okay, great. Well, you're on with Donald Jeffries. Go ahead. 
Hey, uh, Donald, this is Doug Herrick from uh, Sherpertown, West Virginia, uh, the Earthwell oh. uh, uh, Pocket Dialer. Yes! And I guess I just wanted to warn you that I identify as a man, which I feel is an adult <laughs> human male. So I left a message. I'm sure the drones are coming. But um, I guess I just wanted to say, um, I, I did, uh, are, can you hear me? I, I, I don't hear any. Uh, yeah, yeah, Don, Don can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, great. Okay, so I'm gonna keep it brief. Um, I, uh, I I did a, I did a search. I don't know if it's correct, but I think I I got something that Don is about seven years older than me. So, <clears throat> but um, I've always felt that politically we were on the exact same page, um, and it really drove it home with his essay on uh, 1812. I mean, I could have written that myself like 30 years ago. So that's basically it. You know, we are in the uh, punky mocks uh, what? <laughs> and I just you know, keep going. And I guess I don't have a, a, a cogent thought other than uh, I really appreciate your work. You can explain to him that he yeah, can't hear me. Yeah, it, it, Don. Don really appreciates it. It's uh, we're still working out the comms issue, but uh, but absolutely, thank thank you for calling in. And Don says thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Thank you so much, Doug. And the story behind that, Tony might not know the story, and some listeners do. Uh, he was one of the classics of uh, TFR when I had eye protests over there because he, uh, or, and it was it was fairly early on in the show. He accidentally he pocket dialed me, butt dialed me. I remember show. that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's the <laughs> I famous. I called in on that episode too. Did you? Okay, yeah. I and, called and in so on that it, episode. And so he it became a running gag. You know, it was like uh, here's the butt, and so everybody loved him, the butt dialer. And, uh, and I, you know, I know it's, it's politically incorrect. For some reason now, some people get mad if you say butt dial. No, it's pocket dial. Okay, whatever. But uh, he's he's uh, <laughs> Doug. Doug is his name, and I believe yeah, he used to have. A, have a, yeah. So he's uh, and he ironically, and I'm glad he emailed me because he I hadn't heard from him since I left TFR, and then he showed up on the last Donald Jeffrey show. He was messaging me there, and we and we didn't open up the phones there. And I thought, oh God, I guess I, you know. I hope he knows about this show. And then he emailed me out of the blue, and uh, and I, I said, uh, yeah, well, let's you know come over here because this is this is what I'm doing now. But um, yeah, interesting, <laughs> interesting. I'm not sure what he taught. The essay of 1812. I don't know that I ever wrote an essay on 18. I guess I touched on, it. but um, hopefully, hopefully, read something I wrote. But I certainly wrote a lot about that era of history. 1812 was like. As I've said, probably the last justified war I believe we were in, because we, we were actually definitely our landmass was attacked. So you know, I'm not I'm not a total pacifist. You know, if somebody attacks my house, you, you know, you have to defend. If somebody attacks the country, yeah, then you you have to defend that. But uh, that yeah, I, yeah. I read today on my show. This is uh, June 24th. This is the first day in the Masonic calendar. I don't know if you knew that, Don. Uh, this is day one. I did not know. Oh, yes, I and uh, oh, I went. I always look at uh, what happened on this day when I do a broadcast just to see if there's anything interesting. June 24th is packed <laughs> full of stuff, and uh, again, the, you know, the first uh, Masonic lodge in uh, England, 1717. But this was the the date that they had. Um, you remember they had that weird thing where people went hysterical and dancing back. I think 1314 was the year. So yeah, in, the dancing Europe, madness. Yeah. There was the St. John's uh, the Baptist yeah. festival, and people just went in. 
so there was all all this weird hysteria and this was also you mentioned 1812 and it was also the day that uh uh, the French under Napoleon invaded Russia, and that's where you get the 1812 overture. You know, so that's that whole, yeah. the, that whole historical significance of that, and many other things. It's the first. Uh, it's the day that Kenneth Arnold sighted the uh, the flying yes. saucers over Mount Rainier as well, and they, and said they look like flying saucers and gave them their name. Yeah, oh, that's that's interesting. And uh, you mentioned the dancing craze uh, from the 1300s, whatever. One of my favorite books that I, I read years ago, and again, this is. This is while others were earning their masters and everything, I was I was reading the most obscure books possible. And uh, there, was a, there was a book written, I think, about 1840, 1850, called uh, Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. Right. I think it was Thomas McKay, I think was the guy's name. I can't I remember exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, and uh, it's fascinating because it, it shows what uh, the same kind of stupid stuff we see now. It's like, I've always wondered, for instance, like uh, – when there's a sudden new saying that comes around, you know, like when people first started saying cool or something, uh, little catchphrases. And he talked about that, how like in, I think he would mostly concentrate in London, where, you know, you had people like the cocky say, hey, come to this eye hanging out, you know, and, and that, that he told me these things catching fire briefly. And, and so you see the same thing, you know, now where you have, and I've always wondered about that. Do they have like a central, Command. So there you go, Charles McKay. Charles McKay. Okay, popular, extraordinary popular delusions of the madness of crowds. It it just shows you it's not conspiratorial at all, but it um, and it's kind of an anti-populist book. Being a populist, shows <laughs> how how uh, how easily swayed people are. But I always used to wonder, and I think I'm the only thing people person that wonders. It's like I remember, uh, you know, just working as a blue collar worker, and it's so many of these expressions would. Uh, would come from from the urban area, like where they were just you know like, and I, I used to say how the they would originate with black groups, and so I worked with lots and lots of blacks. So I would I would hear about these things pretty early on. You know, I remember when they first started talking about the hood, uh, when they first started saying homeboy. All that was you know people I worked with, and uh, and you wonder where just just something like the first person that said jive turkey or something back in the day. Is it, how do these things get spread? Like, does it do they do, simultaneously in all the cities? Do they come up with these exact same things because they catch like wildfire? Let's you know very quickly. Everybody's saying them. It's like, and then what I used to find was hilarious is that uh, a lot of the uh, the, the blue collar white workers are, they they would tend to adopt these black expressions uh, a year or two later when the blacks had grown tired of them. And I was thought it was it was so ridiculous. It's like, oh, now you're saying jive turkey and booty. Booty's a big one. Now you see tons and tons of white people talk about booty. It's like you know, it's I, I don't know. But I, I just wonder. I, I in my most uh, delusional moments from the title, I mean, I wonder is there is there somebody in the government somewhere that makes these things up and phones <laughs> it in to represent? Yeah, exactly, and and phones it in to representatives in all the inner cities. Okay, this is what we're going with. Now, when everybody says anything, I'm sorry. I've thought that. I've thought that like the modern music is run through an algorithm, and they have like a committee to yeah. say, "Oh, this is stupid enough. This is dumb enough. This will get the job done." I mean, just it's like uh, it's <laughs> like the uh, intellectual fluoride or something that they run it through. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Like after maybe not so much now because of the political correctness, but it used to be when um, any kind of tragedy would happen. 
there would be these Helen Keller type macabre jokes that would uh, be quickly out there. Howard Stern used to be famous for saying them, but, uh, and I used to wonder, it's like, does somebody, or we pay, I mean, because we're paying so many government workers to and do nothing or, you know, ill-begotten things. Is there somebody, is there like a, a group that's in charge of, let's make up jokes? I remember when the, uh, the Challenger, first Challenger exploded, one of the, I mean, it, it, that joke was out within a couple of days. I remember hitting my workplace. They were saying, what color were Krista McCullough's eyes? Blue, one blue that way, one blue the other way. And I, and that came, that was within a couple of days of it. And I'm thinking, you know, how, who made that up? And how did it get to be so, I, you know, as a paranoid guy, I'm thinking, I wonder if somebody in the government says, you know, let's, let's make up these, you know, horrendous jokes and get people talking, maybe get people laughing at the wrong thing, because it, used to, it would always come up with these kinds. I mean, I, I was no longer a blue collar worker, like when Trayvon Martin case, but I, that's the kind of thing I bet probably, uh, you know, among, uh, you know, laborers, he probably had some jokes about that. I don't know. But those are the, these are the things I wonder about, Tony. You know what I say? The mind of Don Jeffries. You know, it's interesting. They do have like sections of the intelligence community. They pay people to read novels. They pay people to to oh, yes. look yes. into yes. pop culture and uh, and scenarios yeah. for. I mean, this you know, the imagination of others. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the uh, one of the first libraries to uh, to stock hidden history in its collection was. His library. I found that out. I don't. And I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing they maybe have all of mine. I don't know, but I know they have that one. <laughs> I said, "Oh, that's easy." And I, I think there was another one that was in the. Um, might have been Survival of the Richest. It was in. I think they said State Department or something, which is often an acronym for the CIA. Yeah. So I'm sure it's. Uh, and I think uh, there, uh, the intelligence agencies, especially, they get a kick out of uh, some of this stuff behind the scenes and probably a lot of these guys agree with it no you know behind the scenes uh, yeah it's just yeah go on expose us you know but um yeah it's it's a strange uh it, it's but that book popular uh, delusions in the madness of crowds it just shows how little i guess mankind has changed you know and of course you can't say mankind anymore can you that's that's <laughs> human well you can't Person's even say fine. human it's person, yeah, person. Kind, huh? yeah, but I, I, yeah, but I don't even know. Is that because uh, well, you can't say man or woman anymore because uh, no. there are right. There's no which again. Then how can you have women's rights groups? And see, that's why I'm hoping that these transgender groups get so crazy that they they completely destroy all that and it just it becomes some toxic thing that nobody can figure out. Because right, that's so you know what do what do you mean women's rights? Excuse me, you know, <laughs> we need there's a giant excuse me's erupting. Uh, because it, it it contradicts itself. You can't have you can't have an exclusive. I mean, even the, the feminist expressions, the quaint expressions like a, you know, woman needs a man, like a fish needs a bicycle. That was one of their favorite ones. The woman was a man. What do you mean by that? Transphobic. You know, I'd like to see like Betty Friedan. You know, I think she's still alive. She needs to be Gloria Steinem. These people need to be confronted on their transphobia. Any trans people you know, that are out there? Steinem had paychecks coming direct from the Central Intelligence yeah, Agency. Absolutely, and so did Taylor. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. National Review. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 only guest I ever had uh, on, on any of my shows on the TFRI protests, I can't remember the guy's name. He wanted to be on my show, and he was uh, I don't know what he, he was associated with radicals in the '60s. He was nobody really, but 
he uh, got so upset when I talked about Timothy Leary being CIA. He was screaming at me on air. That's no lie. That's not true. <laughs> so if you if you can listen to it out there, I can't. What was his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, but that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, and and he and he also uh, started screaming at me about Alex Jones and Sandy Hook too. It was like, what? This was years before Alex was even sued. It's like. It was an interesting, because I've never had most, you know, all the other guests I've ever had, you know, I can get, I mean, like uh, Clay Clark, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things I would dis maybe disagree with him on. And uh, certainly I don't, he didn't really mention Trump too much, but I'm assuming he's got Trump's sons there, that there's still a level of Trump uh, threats there. I don't know about the QAnon stuff, but, uh, and, and Sherry Tenpenny he's certainly great. Associated, but you have to. As I, when some people were on social media were kind of chiding me, oh, he's a Trump chump and all this stuff. It's like, like you know, you you have to try to find the similarities, you know, because we're fighting power. And so it's like uh, I, when I was talking to Daniel Esselin today, I was talking about, uh, I, you know, that on just on any one important issue, I, I think the 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 elite don't even care if you're right on everything else. I, Rosie O'Donnell's a perfect example. Have you seen Rosie O'Donnell lately? Here's somebody who's politically correct to the core. And this is, you know, adopted, uh, you know, children with her lesbian or her, her wife or whatever. I don't know, but uh, and it's certainly politically correct to the core. And yet, she, at least for a while, was a 9/11 truther, and that ruined her career. Just that one thing. Same thing with Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, you know, drug addled, whatever. You know, uh, one of the richest guys in Hollywood. No more building seven for him. You know, he'll be able to console himself and so will Rosie probably with enough money. But that's the kind of thing where you, you, you have to build bridges with people. So, you know, I, I would have Rosie O'Donnell on the show and I wouldn't have to ask her about anything else. I would just talk about 9-11. You know, what do we have in common? Same thing with Charlie Sheen. And um, so somebody like uh, Clay Clark, we have a lot in common because he reckoned everybody on that side, everybody that still supports Trump. They recognize what's wrong. They see what's happening. They 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 they're awake to that. It's just I you know I disagree with them on thinking what the solution might be as far as who the solution you know, <laughs> the solution is uh, with, with Trump. But you have to build those bridges, and uh, and they and they can be built. And I think you know all this could have been avoided if that had been a, an organic uprising in 2016 with Trump and Bernie Sanders both. If either of them had been legitimate there would have been a way to form some kind of solidarity movement between them. Because they had a lot, you know, they, they could have, just on the trade issues and the issues of the wars, maybe, uh, they could have formed a pretty powerful thing. But that was never going to happen because both of them were phony. And, uh, you know, again, they were fooling people. And uh, it's, uh, I think we have to look for that. We have to look for similarities. And so I, I get that all the time from people. Oh, how can you, you know, this guy believes that, you know, and that's, <clears throat> Excuse me, that's exactly what they say about us. You know, that, what I've said, that guy screaming at me about Sandy Hook or whatever, you know, Yo, you believe this, you believe that. I I, I don't know that I, what I believe in terms of, of any of these political issues, but I question everything. And I even get the little flit, oh, yeah, you question everything. Well, yeah, I think we need to question everything. There's a lot to question. But uh, I'm not going to. I mean, Cynthia McKinney, you know, who I love and respect, you know, when, when we had, I think it was when we had her on America Unplugged, she made that, uh, I mean, especially for a, a 
black nationalist, which is basically what she is, <clears throat> to say that she's been reaching out to white nationalists to try to, you know, find common ground. I mean, that's incredible. But that's the kind of stuff we need to do. And we don't, it doesn't have to be that kind of a, a radical thing because, you know, white nationalists, black nationalists, but that's how open-minded she is. We need to be open-minded and form uh, coalitions Absolutely. because there's a, there's a lot we can do that are together. That's why, you know, people say, but why this show, that show, and I, is it any, anybody I interview, I'm not going to change who I am. And anybody that I'm interviewed by, I'm not going to do. People criticize me for being on Rents. Jeff Rents has a huge uh, platform. He gives me a huge platform. I hear from so many people that just got now. You know, I, I hope his producer contacted you. He said he was going yeah, to. Yeah, about to, we'll get yeah, that over great. there. Great. Right. So, because uh, that's a nice audience he had. And I don't know how many radio stations as well. A lot of people have heard it there because they're there. What's the schedule for? I said I, I don't know when he reruns my shows, but I know he does. And um, you know, people. I obviously don't agree with, with uh, what what Jeff says, but it doesn't matter because he doesn't tell me anything. He doesn't tell me what to say. I go on there and I'm just like now or anywhere else. I I basically say the same thing when I'm at home, anywhere. I'm I, this is me. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not anything different, and uh, I'm not gonna tailor now what I do. Like today, I don't I don't like to be confrontational, needlessly confrontational, because I know somebody like Clay Clark. Uh, that, that he could really maybe help make things better if they can get this movement going. Maybe they can they can overturn some of this madness. I'm not going to you know confront him on you know how you know, how could you support Donald Trump or anything like that because that's counterproductive. What, what, what I mean it might maybe it would make for good radio if I was trying to get ratings or something. But I'm I'm not that type of person. I'm not going to do that. And, and the same thing if I had uh, Naomi Wolf or somebody on the show. I'm not going to confront her, but how could you ever be a feminist or, you know, something like that? Or how can you believe any of this woke stuff, which I don't think she really does much anymore, but you get my point, you know, that, 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 that. go ahead. Well, I'm on conservative talk radio. I still have one hour a week on 9:30 AM. The answer in San Antonio, that's where I relaunched my show. I wouldn't say I have a great deal politically in common with the other hosts there that are national hosts, um, right. but they're not my enemy. Um, and I certainly don't, dis I try to do my best. I don't disparage their viewpoints. Uh, I give my viewpoint and I would happily go right. on their shows. Most of them anyway. Um, if they were cordial, it, we, it would be, and again, it would be, um, reciprocal if they wanted to come yeah. on my show. Uh, we believe in a lot of the same things, but we have different vehicles for that. And people still go to Trump. I don't get it because mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's almost like there's a time warp. Like he didn't do the things he did. And, and I, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm not, I'm not going to beat that person over the head, you know, uh, politically right. or, you know, intellectually for it. So I just, I let it go. Um, yeah, but that's not my wheelhouse. I'm not. And I, and I, my show is, is not about, uh, I, I will never have this giant audience where, uh, you know, I have to go after people and it only has one way or anything like that. So yeah. oh, we got a call coming in, Don, hold on a second. Right. Oh, caller, you're on the air. Oh, I guess we we lost him. Right, right as I answered it, I lost him. Come on, calls had more failed calls than real calls today. <laughs> well, we got back, a, a storm going on here in in Branson, Missouri. I my dog Beans, she jumped up in my lap. She's oh, it's, I wondered it's about that. Yeah. over my head. Over the, we're on the second floor oh, of my building. Well, so 
Well, hopefully uh, lightning doesn't hit your thing like it did. Uh, <laughs> it does, Don. It's been a, a great, uh, a great honor knowing you. <laughs> Likewise, but uh, yeah, you're, and I, I just, I don't see, you know, and part of it is civility too. And I think, you know, I, I was interviewed by a guy the other day, and he said, you know, you're so different than all these other people that they're, you know, they're into conspiracies because you're, you're so polite. And I said, well, you know, it's just, uh, I, I don't know why that's, why we wouldn't be, but that's, you, you know, as well as I do, especially Red coming from the day. Call for extension zero. Let me get here. Okay. Caller, you're on the air with Don Jeffries. Go ahead. Okay. We hey, lost good day, it. Tony. Ben from Australia, mate. There you uh, go. Oh. <laughs> because you were on a roll then with your little speech, and I didn't want to interrupt you, mate, and cut you short. Uh, Donald, um, even though many women, most of them are radical leftists, they act as if it's impossible to define what a woman is. Real men have always known what women are. Yeah. We know what women are because we know women ain't men. Real men love women, <laughs> cherish women, and protect women, and that's our default yeah. mode, mate. Mm -hmm. My question is in regards to Donald Trump and the decision of Roe versus Wade. Um, Donald Trump might have left a lot of people disillusioned because he was unable to build the wall, but his addition of three conservative judges onto your Supreme Court has resulted in the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And that's probably more important than Reagan staring down the Berlin Wall, mate. You know, African Americans have been a minority in your country because 20 million of them have been aborted, let alone everybody else. I, I think it's almost through the grace of God that God is now interceding in American politics through this. It's miraculous. And I, I just hope that type of trend can continue. God bless you. Love the program. And thanks for introducing me to Clay. That was phenomenal stuff earlier. All the best, guys. Thank, thank you, Australian Bib. Yo, thank Tom, you. What do you think about that? We got another call. I'll, uh, I'll answer. You go ahead and tell me what you think. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, and Ben, I, as, as you said earlier, Tony, I, I too am shocked at this court taking the, uh, the turn it has because uh, Amy Coney Barrett, especially, and uh, uh, Kavanaugh. To a lesser degree, both have gone against Trump. I've kind of taken the moderate route every time. So this is, but you know, it, it's not it's because the, these these are kind of what you would call conservative Republican judges, which are not my favorites because they're not civil. They typically don't have respect for civil liberties. But uh, abortion is an issue, I guess, uh, that that's important to them. So it, it's it's not that shocking a use. But uh, so yeah, I guess if, if that was Trump's goal, and uh, he, his his fan base is probably very appreciative of it. Yeah, well, credit where credit is due. I will say this. I mean, if it hadn't been for decades of grassroots movement, pro-life conservatives, uh, you yeah. know, campaigning for candidates, I mean, it seemed to me always a long shot. And they went with a really flawed strategy from ever since Roe, which was elect a president who will pick the nominees to a place yes, yes. to overturn yeah. it. And uh, really what it came down to, Don, I think it was the states, the Mississippi, Texas, they were challenging uh, Roe in the courts, and it really came down. The states finally challenged it. So it uh, looks like we got another call, Don. We'll take this and see okay. what we Paul, you're on the air with Donald Jeffries. Go ahead. Hello, Donald Jeffries. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> I, I, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> now, 
Chris Graves. Uh, <laughs> feeling very nauseous right now. But anyway, it was a good show so far, guys. All awesome as always. And I just have a question for the for the host. Okay. Remember, he can't hear me. Let that remind him again. Mr. Jeffries, um, would you ever consider gracing uh, gracing us with your presence on a kind of low budget or no budget actually uh, do it yourself uh, podcast on probably on something like Audacity or SoundCloud that a certain uh, Cirque Savarg wants to uh, start. Would you uh, be? Would you be a guest on that? And then uh, Mr. Savard would be able to, uh, you know, maybe uh, find uh, find out you know, different things than your usual interview that you would uh, be a part of. Oh, you know, Chris, I, I I never say no to anybody. I've made this comment, and, and people wonder about me because I use the analogy of the girls when I was in high school. You know, did I lose you guys? No, it's just the girls. It, yeah. Don, you, know, it, Don, you can take Don's a- answer. I'll let uh, I'll let let you go, Chris. But I appreciate you calling in. Absolutely, though, I think is the answer. Yeah, it, it, Chris. Uh, you, know, you probably hear me now again. We, we're still working on the uh, getting the callers to be able to hear me. I can hear the callers. Tony can hear the callers, and the callers can hear Tony. <clears throat> they just can't hear me, so I have to answer afterwards. But you know, I, like I said, I, I I use that ridiculous analogy of the girls. That we used to call the girls. It couldn't. Well, now I guess. Most of them can't say no, maybe. I don't know. But they, uh, at that point, that was, and I'm kind of like that in terms of uh, uh, people. When people ask me, if it, I figure, anyway, Rachel at Mano asked me to be on the show. I, I, of course, I'd say, I don't say no to anybody. The only time I've ever turned down an interview two times, one was uh, this anarchist radio show, wanted me to sign a, an allegiance to anarchy. It's like, I, I, I can't do that. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I can't argue too much with anarchists at this point because the, the authorities are pretty bad, but I wasn't going to do that. And the other one was this uh, X-22, I think it is, a huge podcast that I think is still on uh, YouTube, which ought to make you wonder. But he's got like a million subscribers or something. And they wanted me to come on the show and wanted me to wanted to charge me $3,000 to be on their show. <laughs> I said, I, I wouldn't go on, you know, I wouldn't, $3,000 to go on Oprah. So, I mean, this is ridiculous. Why would well, you'll sell a lot of books. That's, I don't. I know I won't sell three thousand dollars worth of books. Uh, that's crazy. I know how many I sell on coast to coast, and it's a lot, but it's not three thousand uh, dollars worth. So I never say no to. I certainly wouldn't say no to my friend Chris Graves, who is uh, uh, a solid uh, one of the best researchers in the business. He's one of the three researchers that we talk about yeah, all the time. He absolutely on, is. On I'm, I'm going to do a podcast with with Chris next week. We've got. Um, we're going to break down. Uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, uh, the chapter cool. in Behold a Pale Horse. We're going to do a, a podcast on oh. my new uh, Paratruther podcast channel. We're going to sit down and just uh, hash that out. So I, I love fun. that name. Yeah, so Chris, obviously, you know, I, w- I would never say no to you. I don't say no to anybody. I could never say no to you. So I'm yours. You know, whenever you want me on there, I'd be happy to. And I, I wish I'm, I'm happy that uh, you're getting uh, more airtime, as I know. And uh, we're... We're working on next week's show, and I he had talked to you about Tony's. Uh, I think her name's Jen Thompson. She's listening, but she's uh, was a survivor. She was at Columbine. You know, she's one of the students. I think she was 15 years old, and she has an interesting story to tell about what she witnessed firsthand. And again, Chris knows more about Columbine, so I want him coming on there 
to ask more questions of her. So we may do a show on that. Uh, it'll be, uh, be fascinating because, I mean, you know, she's talking about bodies being moved and stuff. I mean, just really rabbit hole stuff that we're familiar with uh, in some of these other shootings that happened afterwards. But that was kind of a, that was probably the first big school shooting, I think, 1999. Uh, you know, you had Charles Charles Whitman in the Hour of Texas, I guess, back in 65, and you had others. But uh, and I talked about these in the but Columbine was probably the uh, the uh, the granddaddy of uh, yeah, April 20th, 1999, Hitler's birthday, 420. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, that's another thing. We, we, when uh, even Clay was talking about the 666 stuff, this this symbolism is so important to these. Yeah. How many Symbolic. events happen? Yeah, simple. I mean, so how many of these events happened right at or right around Hitler's birthday? Waco, Oklahoma City. Uh, you know, there's it's just it, it, uh, obviously Columbine. There's so many of these things, and there's also a bunch that happened around July 19th, July Capaquitic, JFK Jr. Uh, that seems to be the two hot areas uh, of of the year. Now, I don't know if it's got something to do with their 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 lunar calendar or something. I don't know, but I do know they place a lot of importance in that. And that's one of the one of the most memorable things Alex Jones ever said. You know, early on he said, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, you can think this stuff is stupid. It doesn't matter whether you believe it. They, they believe, believe it. Right. We got yeah. a caller, Don. Great, great. You're on with Don Jeffries. Go ahead. Go ahead, caller. You're on Hello, with Donald, how are you today? Don's doing great. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you think of all the news that's going on today? And I was talking to somebody in New York City, and uh, they told me that the police are uh, high alert out in the streets and they're guarding uh, churches and synagogues. So it looks like those peaceniks are at it again, eh? <laughs> <laughs> is this your, your friend? Is this Bob? That sounds yes. like Bob. We've had that's Bob our, on, smart guy. Yeah, that's our, that's our friend Bob Wilson, uh, another one of the three searchers. By the way, okay, he probably can't hear me saying this. But uh, yeah, so two of the two of the three. Now Peter Peter Seacott just has to call him. We'll have all three three searchers. We need to um, do yeah, new, Bob, another no, three I had to put on my show. computer to hear you. <laughs> okay, put, yeah, we're do a new three searcher show on. Uh, yeah, we got. Yeah. Uh, we're still working out the 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 bugs on this soundboard for whatever reason. Like the, you know, Don can hear you, Bob. But uh, uh, again, uh, I take the calls, but I just got to tell people ahead of time. Uh, you can't hear Don for whatever reason. I don't know why. Uh, it's just one of those deals. That's uh, I got to put another grand in this soundboard. Or something. <laughs> I got to put it and dump some more money. Oh, on it. Maybe, maybe if I, I just throw money on it right now. Put on the uh, background radio. All right. Well, okay. we we appreciate you, Bob. Did you have anything else yeah. you wanted to put out? Back at you. Well, you guys are the best. Keep <laughs> at it, and I look forward to the rest of the show as always. My You're a good man. Thank you, Bob. That's the last call Thank for Bob. today. Uh, Don, we got a, you know, just a few minutes left here. Uh, sure. Well, Bob, Bob's great, and uh, he uh, he bring, and he you know he and I talk just about every day, and we talk about the same stuff. And Bob is very very attuned. He's a biblical expert. He uh, is very you know very uh, strong Christian faith, and he's uh, looking at all the signs, and he's you know he's certainly pointing it out to me all the time. But uh, I don't I don't know what's going to happen from this. I, mean, I don't make predictions, but yeah, they, they, he said New York City they're on high alert. Uh, I've heard that they're on high alert in Washington D.C., which is comfortably close to me so um let's hope you know, nothing nothing goes crazy but again these are 
this is an emotional issue. And as I, I talk about any of these riots that you see in the past, uh, most of the people that eventually end up rioting are not paid government informants. But, you know, people are followers. Most people are followers. So if you can get a few government plants out in front, starting it and riling up the crowd, people will follow. And that's what happens, whether it's inner city riots or something like this. I, I, I don't know if they can, because we really haven't seen anything, I guess, since the suffragettes, suffragettes in the uh, you know, early 1920s, uh, where it's like a mostly women riot. I guess you had the pussy hats wearing with uh, Trump. But yeah, so I guess maybe, but you know, women have changed. So uh, who knows what you could see. See some violence here. I hope not. I hope cooler heads prevail. And again, people need to, these, it is a complex issue. And the problem is it's been ingrained because you're talking about for uh, 50 years now, basically yeah, exactly 50 years. And uh, that's become entrenched. And so that's what the normalcy is, especially to women. And they, they've been, this is, you know, my, right, my, my body, my choice. And that's why it's so funny to see the, the right wingers, uh, you know, approach them. Well, you know, I, I shouldn't have to get a vaccine, right? My body, my choice. And you can see they're like the wheels are spinning in their head. They're trying to rationalize it. <laughs> it's like, well, it's a, a little bit different. Uh, it's it's really the same. I think thing. I, I titled my show today uh, that Roe R O E is the rules of engagement in the culture war. Roe. <laughs> You know, that's we always talk about the row when uh, when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, the, you know, the row, the ROE, the yeah. rules of engagement. And that's what it yeah. looks like to me. I mean, it's truly the rules of engagement in our culture war. It's the most deeply dividing thing. And uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm still sticking with um, my prediction that, that, that this will be the uh, straw that breaks the camel's back in many ways. It will be looking to stack the Supreme Court. That will be on the ballot soon. Like somehow that will be yeah. a political thing for the next Democratic president. It might even be Joe Biden. They may they may write him, put on his cue cards. You know, uh, you also have to nominate three more people to the Supreme Court. Well, I, I, so many things I wanted to ask Clay Clark. And one of the things was about, uh, is, is this a real thing? Because somebody pointed out today, especially on an issue like abortion, we really are two different societies. And uh, that's where that's one of the seminal issues where you can see the breakdown in America where I don't know if the two sides are compatible on that. And, and you really, you know, maybe need separate uh, countries, if you will. How do you do that? I mean, how do you, because there, there's, there's people on both sides in every state. You can't just say, well, okay, Wyoming is going to be a red state because I can tell you, and that's what I wanted to ask Clay, I didn't have time to, but, uh, the problem is the other side, the woke side. They, uh, the red, the, the the conservative side wants to be. They don't want the woke people around. What the woke side wants the other side around because they don't because they want somebody to Karen. You know, they want somebody because if they're not around, what are they going to do? They can maybe they'll henpeck each other to death or something. But they, it's it's in their nature. They have to. They have to. Whereas the the other side kind of wants to be left alone more. You know and. Uh, privacy and uh you know ironically because that used to be the libertarian side which originally came from the left that you know just let me mind my own business stay out of my business but today's left is anything but staying out of your business except again for this one issue this is you know you, this, you know why are you intruding on my bedroom or you, something like you know why, why don't you stay well you want to get into everybody's business about everything else about what they think population control through politics don if you notice Absolutely. all these these things like Roe v. Wade, 
you know, 1973, the Trilateral Commission. Here's some timelines for you. You know, the um, the dismantling of America. You know, the last trade surplus this country ever ran was in 1974. All all lining up on these timelines. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the destruction of the the breadwinner household, the, the the living wage job, all that's gone. That America's gone. And then, you know, we have an entire generation of Americans that were terminated. That really, I mean, yeah. you, what is it, 60 plus million uh, since since Roe v. Wade. That's an entire generation. Now, if you lay on top of the numbers of the people that we imported through immigration, it's about that number. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's, uh, you get to, again, the chance to ask Clay about that too. Cause again, I don't know. And that would be the quibbling I do. I, I have, I get the sense that, um, for instance, when they talked about when Australian Ben, our friend, was talking about the Supreme Court, I would always have predicted there was probably a greater chance of them doing something on abortion than, for instance, immigration. Because again, I think that's not, uh, it's, uh, you know, and no matter how you feel about abortion, morally, you know, you think this is the right thing to do, but um, this is not going to change really the thrust of, of, of where we're going. It's not going to change the economic devastation, uh, and it will create more, obviously, more division, because this now gives the other, now, now maybe it'll expose a little more of the hypocrisy, but I don't think the other side is going to, you know, admit their hypocrisy no matter what. But I mean, it, you can't get any more obvious than this, where literally when you're holding these stupid, absurd hearings into something that happened on January 6th, you know, what, a, a year and a half ago, and you still have those people in prison held behind bars, denied all due process, no civil liberties, everything unconstitutional from A to Z. And you're out there, some of the same people that are most vocal about calling them insurrectionists, you're now advocating insurrection. Let's burn the Supreme Court down. I mean, and you can't point that out to the people. They just they give you that look, and that's how crazy they are. That's why I I don't know what the answer is, Tony. I I don't, you know, maybe you know a, a two uh, an apartheid situation is separate but equal for for the right and the left. But I I don't I don't know how you do it because how do you force people to move and where do you move to? And again, I think that the other side's not going to move. They want to be around us because they want to. Their lives would be empty, I think, if they didn't if they couldn't police speech and they this is what they do. I mean, maybe it would re maybe it would reinvigorate the left. Maybe they they'd go back to you right. know talking. Yeah, about Hillary Clinton called this a politics of meaning, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, you know, there's yeah. uh, there's also you talk about 4D chess, and it's not Donald Trump that's playing it. But um, in my opinion, does this deflate the right? Does this deflate mm -hmm. a lot of the grassroots movement? I don't know. This is an open question. I find this ruling again. I'm I'm encouraged because I'm pro life, but at the same time, I also know how these things go down and what they're used for. So I'm not Don, We got about a minute left. We also got some new outro music. Did you want to hear that when we, we close out the show? Absolutely. Sure. And I, I and I appreciate uh, that. I appreciate you with the, uh, the intro music and everything. And uh, it looks like once I restarted my computer, the connection was good. I never went over there. So I pre and maybe if there's anybody else to shout out in the rock, then chat room, I apologize for not going over there. Hopefully when I, get, when I get to the point where I can do that, I'll be, monitoring that as well but i couldn't go did we have any questions or anything in the chat room 
Uh, you had a lot of activity going on, but no, no direct questions right now, Don, but, uh, I will tell the Rockfin folks that, uh, I, by next week, I should have Don, uh, fixed up for that. So, um, you'd be able to see the chat. Well, we really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. You know, for everybody listening out there today. And, uh, I know it was, uh, uh, everybody seemed to enjoy the show and I, I appreciate all the support, all the encouragement I get from people. And, uh, so again, thanks to everybody for listening to I protest and let's hear that new outro music. Done. Absolutely. Here you go.